Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to see so many people joining us this morning. As Adam said, I am Christina Cooper. I am our Creative and Next Gen Director, which is a really confusing title that we just had to come up with that basically says, if you've been here before, you know that I sing and I play piano on Sunday mornings, but you might not know that I also get to oversee our family ministries downstairs. And that's something I've had the pleasure of doing since day one of Downtown Harbor Church. So thanks for being here. We are finishing our Unfollow series this morning. And you know, we've been talking about social media and we just figured we can't let one more service go by where you're listening to John talk about social media. Because if you know John, he is kind of a weirdo on social media. He's only posted one time in 2018 because all he does is look at memes and send them to people. So he is, he's hilarious. And actually, if you get memes from him, it's, it's really fun. But um, I am more of a normal social media user, and I'm going to be closing us out today just talking about what we've been talking about so far. So let's take a step back, recap to see how we got to where we are today. And our very first question that we asked in our first week of this series is, am I bragging? It's kind of this awkward conversation because social media has completely normalized bragging. Because it's kind of like, if you're not talking about the good things going on in your life, what are you talking about? Like the depressing things? Because that's just a whole other level of awkward social media usage. So it's like, how do we figure this out? And there's no perfect answer. But what we can ask ourselves is, why am I posting this really? Our second question was, am I jealous? Because, you know, with social media, all we do now is consume what everybody else is doing. More specifically, we're consuming everybody else's highlights, right? And so if we're not careful, it can lead us to a place where we're really discontent with what we've got going on. And John talked about how it's not about what you have, but rather what you do with what you have that is so important. And lastly, last week we closed it out with, am I jeopardizing my influence? Because we might all agree that the depravity of mankind can be found in the comments section of any Facebook article. Because social media has just completely normalized bad behavior. And so what does it look like for us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world in this new internet age? Because we are still called to be just that. And it's such an important mission for us. Well, this week, because, you know, so far we've talked about acting on social media, right? Well, this week we're kind of taking a step back from that and actually talking about a big issue, and that is the time spent on our phones. Let me see if I can describe your day. So you wake up, right, and you roll over probably because you have to turn off the alarm coming off from your phone, and we pull out our phone and we read through the notifications that have been there for us in the morning, probably scroll on Facebook or Instagram a little bit, we eventually make our way to the bathroom, and don't lie to yourself, you take your phone there too, and you check your phone a little bit more to then eventually make it to work where you know, oh man, I just really need a mental break, right? That's a good thing for me to do. So our mental break consists of checking our phone, scrolling through social media a little bit more, to then check our phone about 80 more times throughout the day so that we get to the end of the day, and Apple tells us, hey, by the way, you spent four hours on your phone today. Awesome, right? And it's pretty much like hopeless at that point. So you get into bed, you scroll through one more time to make sure no one got engaged at 10 p.m. And you put down your phone to just repeat it and do the whole thing all over again the next day. Frankly, that sounds exhausting to me. But the truth of the matter is we are spending or giving unprecedented amounts of time to our phones. 
and it's only growing. Here's something you might all agree has infiltrated our, our, uh, with our phones, what has been infiltrated is family dinners. So I grew up in an Italian family, and dinners are a big deal to us. We would spend hours at a family dinner just talking even far long after the meals were finished, and that's because we talk about current events and our life and reminisce on history. It was just what we did. And the big rule, regardless of what devices and phones have looked like through the years, was that those were never allowed at our family dinners. And so as an adult now, I can imagine when I was a kid and with my younger sister, I'm sure my parents thought to themselves, how the heck are we going to talk about something for hours with our children? How are we going to have a wealth of deep conversation topics, right? And it could have been very easy for them to break the rule a couple times. But instead, my parents got creative, and we went through this phase of my childhood where every time we would go out to a nice restaurant, we would play hangman. I assume everyone knows what hangman is, and this was like our favorite thing to do. So we would get, doesn't matter how nice the restaurant was, we would get there and we would ask the waiter for paper and a pen if my mom hadn't brought it already, and we would play hangman until our food arrived. And that was just our really fun thing that we did. And yes, eventually we grew out of playing hangman. But as a kid, what this did was not only teach me how to engage at the dinner table and how to be comfortable at the dinner table, but it also gave me great quality time with my parents. And now when you go to a restaurant, what do you see? Everybody is on their phones and their iPads. They could be on a first date and they're still on their phones, right? And it's just something that's even if they make it to the restaurant, because a lot of times we take our food to go so we can watch it in front of TV. And I'm not saying that's not a great time. I mean, that's pretty much every Friday night for me and Christian. But is that good to do all the time? Or should we be teaching our kids and teaching ourselves how important it is to disengage in those moments that matter? Well, that's because we're facing this problem today. And our problem today is that your phone does not want you to disengage. You have to choose to. Because your phone is going to ping and flash and, and do everything to get your attention. And social media has only made it more powerful at getting your attention. The research that I did in preparation for our talk today led to some scary statistics. I mean, for starters, this. The average person spends two years of their life on Facebook. Two whole years. That is 17,531 hours that you have absolutely nothing to show for. I mean, the U.S. and world average says that you live about 80 years. So if the average person spends two of those 80 years a total wash, how sad is that? And what's worse is it's not like it's getting any better anytime soon because this statistic just came out last month that the average adult logs six hours and 43 minutes of total screen time daily. Now, if you're like me, sadly, you look at that and you're like, huh, that's it. Because a lot of us do work in front of our computers, so that's an easy statistic to get to in our heads. But we don't get an average out of everybody in the world just because of computer-based jobs. I feel like a huge culprit of this statistic is what you might call the cracks in your day. Those are those like in-between moments where we didn't used to have anything to fill with it, like maybe if you were waiting in line at Starbucks, you're in the back of an Uber, or you're waiting for your friend to arrive at a restaurant. What do we do in those moments now? We check our phone. That's just what we do. 
And we've become, you know, so just naturally reaching for our phone in all of these moments that that time adds up. And that is how I believe we're getting to a number like this. And what we need to realize is that social media will expand to fill the time that you give it. As much as you keep reaching for it, it's gonna keep having something to give you, something new, some new Insta story you need to watch at. And that's because social media is a bottomless bowl of content specifically created to keep you addicted and scrolling far longer than you ever thought you would. And that's not an accident. No, that is the result of thousands and thousands of engineers whose only job is to figure out how to get more of your attention and to be better than everybody else at doing it. The end result is that it feels like our phones are calling out for our attention. That's how they're designed to. I mean, think about it. So have you ever noticed that when you're not on Facebook for a little bit, like an hour goes by and you haven't checked, Facebook maybe doesn't have anything legitimate to notify you about, so they come up with something completely bogus. Like, oh, did you know, this happened to me the other day, this person you kind of knew from middle school, it's her birthday today. So they let you know that on your front screen. Or I feel like they went through this phase where they were trying out sending you a notification that someone posted a status and you're not tagged in it, you barely know them, you have nothing to do with it, and yet they were notifying you of that. And it's like, why are they doing this? It's because they want to be calling out, hey, you need to check my app, you need to be a part of what we've got going on here at Facebook. And it ends up feeling like these phones are calling out for our attention. And if it's not the notifications, it's just their very presence. I mean, we have made it such a habit to always reach for them that when we don't, it's like they're calling out and we can't fulfill that need. And the best way that I could think to describe it was actually something that I read, which I think is very interesting, is that do you know the only people who call their customers users are technologists and drug dealers? And so it's like when we, you know, if your phone is dead and you're running errands or you can't get service somewhere and so you can't like check your phone when you want to, don't you feel like you're gonna lose your mind? And that's like we're having withdrawals from this drug that we're addicted to. And we're so addicted that we're not just checking this in the cracks of our day. We're checking this when we're around our favorite people doing the most amazing things. And what happens that is so sad is that we're missing opportunities and moments because we're giving attention to our phone instead. So let me give you an example. I am a big fan of Disney World, and one of my favorite things at Disney World is the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. And just kind of like a concert, when you look out at all the people at Magic Kingdom, what is everybody doing in those moments? They're taking a video. They're recording it. Everyone in the crowd has their phones out. And the thing is, is that when you look at that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is anyone actually going back and watching these videos? I just want to know. If you are, come up to me after, because I'm convinced that nobody actually watches these videos that we take at the fireworks or that we take at concerts. We just don't. And yet, we sacrifice so much to get these videos. I mean, not only then do we go from having the opportunity to watch it with our eyes, to then instead watch it through a screen. But also there's probably some other chaos going on. And that was the case for this family, bless their heart, that was at Disney World when I was actually there earlier this week. 
there was this family to the right of me, and this mom was committed to getting a video of the fireworks. Well, first off, though, her first problem was she was taking it vertically, and phones 101 is that you gotta take it horizontal if you want a real video. But nope, she had a vertical video and she was committed to recording this thing. Meanwhile, she had her husband next to her and their young toddler who was trying so hard to sit on the husband's shoulders. And what I'm about to tell you went on for like two minutes and yet two minutes doesn't sound that long but when you're struggling for this long it is. This toddler could not get balanced on the husband's shoulders. He kept falling. The husband was like trying to coerce him and saying like he won't sit still. And like the husband was losing his mind. Meanwhile, the toddler cannot see the fireworks because he can only see the back of his dad's head. And the mom is going from side to side, keeping the video going, like trying to go around their heads. She's not seeing the fireworks. And I'm just looking at these people thinking, oh my goodness, for the sake of this video, nobody is actually enjoying this moment of the fireworks. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, why are we so committed and sacrificing all of this to get this video? And there's only two reasons I can think of. One is that you truly believe you're gonna watch the video, and I just, let me tell you, you're not. Secondly, you think it's so important to record this moment because it's amazing, so you need to show other people you're doing something amazing. But what we do, what we risk when we do that is this. We're so busy trying to record our highlights for other people that we don't actually enjoy the moments ourselves. We have our priorities totally wrong and bless this woman's heart, she didn't realize probably what she was doing in that moment. But in moments like that, we have a choice between our phones and the people around us, or in many cases, all the things that are calling out for our attention. And the truth of the matter is, life is one big war for your attention, if you haven't realized it yet. Things that deserve it and things that don't. And there will always be voices saying, they need your attention. Your followers need to see this. I need my phone. But you have to choose what voices you're going to listen to. So our story today, it goes without saying there weren't phones in Jesus' time, but there were still a lot of things calling for your attention. This is a, an old thing that's happened to all of us through the years, and the story today is one we've done at DHC before, but not quite in this context. So I hope that you'll see this through a new light today. We're going to be in Luke. You can read along on the screen or on your Bibles or phones, and uh, Jesus is about to go visit his friends, Mary and Martha. So as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So I want us to kind of take a second and try to realize the gravity of what's going on here. So I understand Mary, Martha, Jesus, they're all friends. This isn't the first time that Martha has seen Jesus. But I'm sorry, the Son of God is in your living room. Like the person who is the son of the creator of the world and is there to save the entire earth is sitting in your living room. 
and you're freaking out in the kitchen. And it's like, for me, I don't care what was calling for my attention. I don't care if the dishes are dirty, even if Jesus isn't in the room. But if Jesus is in the room, why are we concerned about the dishes? And yet, in the same token, we are just as guilty as Martha of focusing on other things calling for our attention, our phone calling for our attention, the kitchen calling for our attention, that we forget what actually matters, the one thing worth being concerned about. Jesus doesn't explicitly say here what one thing he's talking about, but I believe, I interpret it as the one thing worth being concerned about is being in God's presence and furthermore in the presence of the people that matter most to you. Because Mary, she wasn't worried and upset over all these things. She was in the presence of God and she was enjoying it. And because of that, she was at peace. You see, God wants our attention He wants us to listen and prioritize his voice. But the tricky thing is, his voice is described in the Bible as a still, small voice. A voice that we can often ignore when we have all the noise going on in our life. And the problem is, is when we reach for our phone in those cracks of our day, We've now immediately added noise where there wasn't before. We're thinking about the post we're reading, the thing we have to do, the email we're reading. Now there is way too much noise, and there's no room for God's still small voice to get in. But unlike all those other voices, God's voice comes with a promise. He says that if you listen and prioritize his voice, all those other worries will fall into place. He says this in Matthew 6. It says, So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, these details, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added on to you. This word seek, another word in the Greek, can be prioritize. So he's saying, if you prioritize me, I will let all those other needs fall into place. I already know what they are. And I I think about that last verse. It reminds me of Martha, probably thinking, but what am I going to feed these people? Where am I going to seat them? What should I be wearing? And Jesus is saying, hit the brakes. I already know all of these things are a need. If you just sit at my feet and listen to me, I'll figure out the rest. And I'm sure like Jesus in that moment, he probably could have, if Martha sat there and listened and they were getting caught up in their conversation, he'd be like, oh, everybody's hungry. Snap his fingers and have a five-course meal. I mean, I don't know if that's what he would have done. I don't think he might do that for us today. But the point is, he already knows that we need all these things. And so when we listen to him, we then are taking him up on his promise that he's going to come through and arrange the rest. And sometimes it's not even about all of those details working out, sometimes when we listen to him, we get a better mindset and we realize that some of those details didn't matter in the first place. So however it is, when we are listening, we are then entering into a grace-paced, peace-filled, centered life around what matters most. So don't get worried and upset about the details, but value what matters. When you entrust your time to God, He has to come through for you now. And that is a good bet to take. Your time is not in better hands than when it's in Jesus' hands. Certainly, social media can't benefit your time at all. And I know you might be thinking, okay, she's getting into this point where she's telling me to give time to God. Listen, lady, I don't have any time in my day. I'm maxed out, way too busy, can't do it, and now you're tuning me out, right? Well, 
that is me like all the time in my life. And it's, some, it's a place a lot of us get to because we're just in this culture of endless busyness. But I'm going to say something then if that is you that's probably going to make you upset because it probably would have made me upset and when I was in that place. And it's that you are currently giving your time to something you could give to God. You don't need more time. It's hard to hear. But there is currently something. I don't know what that is for you. It could be social media. It could be watching the news. It could be playing video games. There is something that is currently getting your time that you could be giving to God. And so don't get to the end of your day and realize you ran out of time for God. Get to the end of the day and realize you ran out of time for Facebook because who cares? And it's not just God who is losing out on our time. It's also our loved ones. You are giving your attention to something you could give to your loved ones. Because here's the deadly thing with our phones. Not only are they capable of taking up 100% of our time, say if we're reading emails or watching a video, but they're also capable of taking up 50% of our time. Like if we're with our kids, but we're texting, and we're at family dinner, but we're scrolling through social media. And when we're doing this, when we're physically present, but we're not mentally present, Time is just passing us by, and we're not fully enjoying it. So I'm a big fan of The Office, and there is something that the, one of the characters, Andy, says in the very last episode, and I love it so much, and it totally applies. He says this, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. But there's not. And if we don't look up and start being present, the good old days are going to fly right by, to, right by us without us fully enjoying them. So instead, entrust your time to God, and he will help you value it. And I know this because it's actually a matter of spiritual wisdom. It says in Psalm 90, verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. So what's the practical? If it's your first time at DHC, we put this up on the screen every single Sunday because we want to ask the question, how can I practically take my time and attention back from my phone and get the reins back on my life? Well, excuse me, I have a few practical things today that I think might help you do that. And the first of them is this. Start your day with God. Because it's going to be hard. Life is going to get out of control in our busy culture. And if you get to the end and you're trying to do it later, it's probably not going to happen. Or it's going to be the leftovers of your day. Give God the best of your day. Give him the very start and take charge of your day from the get-go. Because when you do that, it also benefits you. When you start with that mindset, you remember why you're living and what deserves your time. And you invite his voice to speak to you throughout the day. You know, during uh, one of my morning times in the last couple weeks, I read a verse for the first time that spoke to me in a new way. It was so good. It's from Joshua, and it says, Dedicate yourself, and tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things through you. So do you want amazing things to be described about your life? Then invite him in so that tomorrow, dedicate yourself, dedicate your time so that then tomorrow God can do amazing things through your life. So the next practical is this establish boundaries. So I, I'm going to have some very practical ways to help you try and get back the reins on your relationship with your phone. And a lot of that is by setting up boundaries. And you know, Apple came out with this thing, screen time last year. And I think there's a good reason. A lot of people are looking for help to self-regulate. And so one of the things you can do through screen time is to set up app limits. This is something that almost broke my habit overnight because I realized once I gave myself a finite amount of time, 
When I went to reach for it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to save this time for later because I think I might want to scroll more later than right now. But what ended up happening is I just wasn't scrolling as much, and it kind of broke that habit. And so I encourage you, don't just listen and think it's a good idea like I did until I set it up a couple weeks ago. Actually try it out and see if it works for you. But there are a couple other things. You could also utilize Do Not Disturb, not just when you're sleeping. Turn it on during family dinner or when you want to just spend some quality time with your spouse. Maybe use browser versions instead of the apps because then you have to take that extra step to get to social media. And let's be honest, it's not as pretty in the browser version, so you could try that. You could also just abandon your phone. Now, I've been told since the first service I need to give a disclaimer for this because maybe if you're going to abandon your phone for a long time, you might want to tell your family. One time, our volunteer coordinator, Adam, they decided to go dark for two days, and then the parents were, like, calling the police. So you might want to, like, tell your family you're going dark, but maybe just abandon your phone, whether that's for an hour on a Saturday night or for a couple days, which I'm going to mention in a second. Another thing you can do is charge your phone outside of the bedroom. That way your devotional life and well-being doesn't have to compete with a glowing rectangle every morning. And then lastly, like I mentioned, consider a digital fast. Maybe go on vacation and just keep your phone on airplane mode. I did that last year and it was honestly healing for me. So these are some of these boundaries you can set up to help you not check your phone. But I found that a lot of times it's easier to do something than to not do something. So I'm going to give you something to do alongside this as well. And it's a weird one, probably the weirdest practical we've had at DHC, but it's be bored. Just let your mind be bored. That moment you go to check your phone when you're in an Uber or in the line at Starbucks or wherever you are, instead of just checking your phone, say, you know what? I'm going to be bored right now. And the reason I say that is there is actually some amazing research out there about how the lack of boredom in our culture today is leading to a scary decline in creative thinking. It's very good for our brains to be bored. And so if you want to get me on a soapbox later, I'll tell you all about it. But just trust me. Just use your brain and be bored. Lastly, our uh, last bottom line is this, and it's just be present. In these moments, you know, we tell our, our parents this because you only have so much time with your kids, so much time of influence and just of memories. But this is also true for all of us. We only have so much time with our parents, with our city, with our church, with our friends, with our spouse, and life is too precious to not be present and fully enjoy it. If I think if we let our phone steal away from embracing those moments, we're going to regret it. So that's why our bottom line is this. Put down the phone and start living. Because if we spend more time looking down than looking around, we're going to miss out on what matters most. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to be here today and talk about something so important in our culture. And that's this new device that has just taken over our in-between moments, our amazing moments, all of our moments, God. It's calling out to us. And I just pray that you would give us the strength to remember what matters. And when we have that choice between checking our phone and being present, God, I pray that you would, because of being here and talking about this, we would have a reminder that pops into our head that says, you know what, I'm going to be present right now. Because life is so precious. We realize God is a gift from you every day that we have. So help us value it. Help us cherish it. And be present with the people that you've blessed us with in our life. 
This is something so important, God. And so I just pray over each and every person in this room and watching online that we would leave here with a new lease on life, just remembering how important it is to value what's around us. We pray this all in your name. Amen.